I must say, there's a lot of employers here. Um, I'm really liking that there's a lot of options, and it's just not really the state of the world right now. Well, exactly. Not not having to be forced into any one profession is, uh, you know, it's nice to, to be able to pick and choose. Yeah, I mean, I've been offered roles in skits, things people have watched and listened to. Yeah, I've been offered things people have played. Yeah. Yeah. I got offered a couple of queer translators. Oh, interesting. Good, good role, that. Good role, Yeah, that. yeah, I thought so. I think, you know, all in all, we could probably, you know, get a career in Pleasant Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> got you again. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch-up about how our weeks have been doing while talking about media and doing silly voices and skits. How are you doing? The cold happened, knee hurts. Cold happened, knee hurt. Yeah, my, my, my one bad knee has started to be like, ah, yes, I can feel the winter rolling in. The winter has arrived. You will feel every one of your years. <laughs> and then 20 plus more. Time, time, time continues to pass and our bodies decay. Ah, winter's turned up then. Oh, winter's <laughs> fucking just exploded out of... <laughs> Oh no. It's but, winter. Thanks, Nee. How have you been from a content <laughs> from a content from a content perspective? I am content. People will perhaps engage with that content. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're engaged to each other, so I guess I am the content that is engaged. <laughs> uh, so what what have you played this oh, week? Oh played. That's <laughs> usually where we start the show. What oh. have you played this week? We played a boarded game. We played a nude boarded we game. We did play a new boarded game this week. We did. Let's see if I can remember what it was called. It was called Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Yes, I had the name in front of us. I had it here. I was like, I, what? I keep googling it incorrectly. Yeah. In about the last two weeks, I've googled it in- incorrectly multiple times. Oh no! I was like, no, I want to. I want to prove I got. Prove I got this. <laughs> I did in fact have this. You did in fact have this. Fact. Tell us what. I had to check it now. To <laughs> make sure I right. Tell us what Flashpoint Fire Rescue is. You are firefighters fighting a fire. Yeah. And the fire get bigger. You. You got a grid based board. It's a top down view of a house. Fires are happening. Yeah. You've got a D6 and a D8, and you roll them, and you determine where fire happened, and where people will be found, and you go and you find those people, and you rescue those people and put out some of the fire. Yeah, the the randomised element is where the fires are placed, and where the maybe people, maybe not, they're points of interest. You've got to go to them to find out if they're a person that needs rescuing or not. Um, But... They're organised by this sort of random dice roll, which gives some level of unpredictability to where the fire's going to spread. If fire pops up near more fire, bad things happen. If smoke pops up near fire, it becomes fire. Yep. Uh, the walls can get damaged if fire keeps happening in the same spot, mm-hmm. and then the you've only got so many damage cubes, so eventually the building will lose its structural integrity. Once there's been 24 damages to wall, yeah. either because fire people chopped through it, or because the fire did a big fire on them. Then it collapses and you lose the game. you got to get at least seven out of ten people in the house out safely. Three deaths are, you know, acceptable. But not in a, an ember kind of way. No, no. <laughs> not in a, ah, you know, that's all I was paid for kind of way. No, you More should... in a, 
hey, look, we will consider this an absolute tragic loss. And and you don't lose. You, you don't, I mean, you don't, like, die-die. Yeah. If you're in the house and your person gets fire on them, I know, I've got some fire on me, boo, uh, then they will basically be transported back to an ambulance and have to move back into the, the building. Yeah. No such luck for the, the people we're trying to rescue. But... No, unfortunately not. But uh, And there is also cat and dog. Yeah. But you are told at the beginning of the game to randomly take out two two uh, actual living beings and one of the blank blanks. Yeah. So if you feel bad particularly about having cats and dogs in there, yeah. then you can make sure that those are the two that don't go in. Yes. Um... It's it's a really simple game mechanically in terms of like its core turn structure. Um, at its core, your character has a certain number of actions per turn. Um, either four in the starter version of the game, or vary depending on your class. If you do the slightly more complicated version, but three to five. Yeah, three to five, and it's basically you use one action to move one space uh, up, down, left, or right. Um, to t- put smoke out is one action. To go from fire to nothing is two actions. Fire to smoke is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can spend two actions to ch- to damage a wall, and if you do that twice, you can make your own entryway if like, you want to create your own route through the house. Which, for the flip side of the board, is pretty handy, because there are not many entrances on that side of yes, the board. Yes, it's definitely convenient to make some, some bonus doorways on that side. Double-sided board, yeah. great plan. Yeah. So, basically, it's just a game of try and keep on top of the fires and get to people. Uh, once you find people, it costs twice as much movement to move with the person, which means, like, sometimes you'll find a person and go, well, there's no fire near you, I'll come back for you in a bit. I'll come back. I've put all the fires out and they're like, wait! Yeah, it's it's a it's a very simple core idea, but it's got lots of ways that you can increase the complexity and the difficulty gradually over time. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun little game. Yeah, it was an. I quite like the way it has, like, here is the starter game. You get very basic rules, very yeah. basic thing. You get the same amount of action points, and this is everything you can do. It's like, cool, that is everything that is very manageable. And the, the first time I played a game solo, I was like, ooh, I've done this a bit bad, but I did win. Yeah. Second one was like, oh, I've walked this, no problem. Yes, the, the base version is like, Let's say you're playing family game night with your family members that don't really play board games, and like they're used to stuff like Monopoly and like don't young, want anything young, yeah, nibblings, yeah, like you know, you're, you're knowing your old nieces there, and you're like, okay, let's let's have something that everyone can play, nice and simple, nice and not too complicated. And then as you ramp up, it's like, okay, let's flip to the other side of the board. That's a bit more difficult to get around. Here's character roles that are things like uh, the the fire chief can move uh, another character around for free per turn. Um, here's a person that just has extra actions. Here's has one that has lots of extra actions, but they can only use some of them for putting out fires. Here is somebody that basically has a way of dealing with hazardous materials. Because if a fire breaks out on hazardous yeah. material, that's going to be a huge explosion. Yeah, there's there's lots of variation in the kind of roles you can play, mm-hmm. and you can increase the difficulty by increasing the number of hazardous things that pop up. Because there's things like, here's hazardous materials. If they catch on fire, they're going to explode and cause 
big, big, big bad fires. Yeah, and there will be a new flashpoint on that area, which yeah. means that if you roll that area in future, you will have to roll again and put more smoke down, yeah. which is potentially more fire. Flashpoints are definitely the challenge bit of this game that can make it snowball a bit, which is yes. there are certain areas where the fire is very hot, and if you roll one of those spaces, yeah, you put fire there, but you also roll again and put fire somewhere else. And if that's another flashpoint, you roll again and put fire somewhere else. And you don't stop doing that until you hit one that isn't. And, and on then... the last one, you put a flashpoint on so that So yeah, area. that place is now a danger place. And uh, if you play like the f- the full version where like, I think, I think on the difficulty we were playing, you could theoretically have up to 12 of them on the board at once. Um, so we initially played uh, on, I think it's like, veteran mode which yeah. is like one step up from the easy basic one no classes we played the one with classes which is um three initial fires uh with which include three flash flashpoints three hazardous materials yeah and you can have up to six additional um yes. flashpoints on the one we played on sunday was um three initial fires uh three extra flashpoints Four hazardous materials, potentially six additional flashpoints on the board. That, that was, I think, about the right level of challenge for us to definitely not be guaranteed to win every game we play, but for winning to be doable. It, yeah. I think we found our current level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, really fun little game. It's very simple, very quick turn order. Oh yeah, you can like plan, like, I know what I'm going to do ahead of my turn, yeah. so I'm just going to do boop there, roll thing. And you can yeah. still be talking about strategies yeah. like... Hey, I should probably head over here, yeah. or what should I do next? Your, your turn is off very often just bam, 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 roll the dice, your turn. Yeah, roll the dice, put down more fire. Yeah. Complain about all yeah. the fire. You'll, you'll pause every now and then to go, okay, I finished my objective, what do we think I should focus mm-hmm. on now? But between that, you just go bam, 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 crack yeah. some turns out, go. Yeah, and then it's what, 30, 45 minutes at yeah. the longest? It's, it is, it's a good pacey game. It is a really good pacey game, and it's one that you can sort of go, that was fun, should we do it again? Should we yeah. flip the board? Should we change the rules slightly? And there, there's another whole thing on the back of the rule book about how, like, hey, you've done all this stuff, do you want to fuck about with the rules some more? Here are some <laughs> ideas about how you could change the game. Yeah, it, it seems to have a lot of room for, like, hey, you feel like you've got your head around this? Change it up a bit. You know, I was looking at the expansions as well, because um, this was a Kickstarter game hmm. some years ago. And there's things like, how about now it's over two floors instead of just one? So you might have to like work out how you're going to get ladders to a different floor and hmm. a- avoid things like that and potentially get people out much greater distances. Yeah. Because if you've got to get them downstairs first, that could be a whole other problem. Um, yeah. We didn't even mention the whole thing about the ambulance. Like, oh, yeah. Once you're playing on higher difficulty levels... There's only four places around the board where the ambulance can sit. Yes. And that you can only rescue people if you put them in an ambulance spot when the ambulance is there. Or you yes. can move the ambulance on top of them. Yeah. And then you've got the fire engine, which you can go to to change what class you are during the game. Or to take a chance at doing a very big water attack at the house, but the deck gun. that's a randomness and you can't be very precise with the big deck gun. Yeah, I mean, so I played two games the first night uh, it came in. And then we played, what, three games the following day? I think so, yeah. And I played uh, two games on my own that day as well. <laughs> and then we played, what, another two, three games the yeah. following day? We we definitely, like... We played the crap out of it. Yeah, we did. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, and as you were saying, you played some games by yourself, basically playing two people yeah, yourself. And... Play two hands. Yeah, it was interesting because the box itself says two to six players. Yeah, but if you look on Board Game Geek, it's like one to six players, no problem. I was like, yeah. I mean, as, as long you... as you're willing to play two hands, it seems yeah. possible. You, you definitely need a second person, a second character in the house that you can maneuver around. I don't know. I think if you just used a lower difficulty, oh yeah, you could probably have quite a, a, a challenge in a single player version. Yeah. And I might try that at some point. Definitely. That's, yeah. Um, that's a really fun game. Really expandable. I will definitely be playing a lot more than that. More of that. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Uh, we played another board game this week. We did. We played some more Eldritch Horror. Yeah, we continued to have a go at that. Um, we did. We thought your long fuff off. I I swear, like all of the creatures in that game were just designed to mess with people who have speech problems. Indeed. That, that's... What was the one I couldn't say the other week? I I don't know. Ab- ab- they they don't have the right the vowels and consonant mixes. My mouth can't make those sounds properly. Yeah. I don't do well. I struggle with them. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, we had our head a bit better around the rules this week. We definitely yes. understood more what we were doing. Yeah, it was much more perilous, but we still yes. won. We won, but we were we were down to like one point left on the Doom Tracker. The world had almost... Uh, the, the creature had almost come to the surface. Well, from what I could tell, there was, there was stuff on the other side of that card. Like, even if the creature awoke... Yeah. Because it was a whole other deck we never got to. Yeah, so we, we very almost ended up having to actually deal with the Great One. Yeah. And we, we managed to stop it just before it came out, which felt like a good level of challenge. Yeah. We... And then we managed to resist reading the other side of the card to see what would yeah. have happened. <laughs> um, one of our characters did die, and we yep. had to go and recover their stuff later when it was useful. But it wasn't like a huge knockback overall. If anything, yeah. it was kind of an advantage at one point. Yeah. Um... We played around a bit more with the debt mechanic, where if you don't roll the dice you need to buy certain items from the shop, you can buy them, but you'll take a negative consequence that might come back to hurt you later. Yeah. And you were definitely like... I was doing alright with that. Yeah. You were managing to get rid of... It helped that you used your debt to buy an item that would make it easier to get rid of debt in future. (laughs) Yeah, but then that whole card turned around and bit me in the ass, because that was the ally I got, which then betrayed me. You you got betrayed Two games in a row have been betrayed. (laughs) I've never been betrayed. Not by you. No one would betray this lovely face. No one would betray this cutie face. (laughs) This cutie face here. Uh, Yeah, now, now that we have a better grasp on what we're doing... Good level of challenge there. Yeah. I mean, we played, uh, as I said, York Shothoth, which I think is the second diff- most difficult one. Ah. I'm, I'm going based on what their initial Doom counter is. Yes. Um, so there's whatever we did last week. There's York Shothoth, there's um, the one from Quake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think is like, these are each like a point difference between them. And then yeah. Cthulhu, I think, is 12 points. So eventually we can get to Cthulhu. Yeah. I, I feel like we had a good level of challenge and I'd be up for facing that one again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What have you played solo this week? What have I soloed this what week? Have you, what have you played this week? What have your solo I seen? <laughs> oh, I, I played Depression Simulator. Uh, this war of mine? Yes. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's, it's a bit of a grim one at times. Hmm. It was me on, on Sunday being like, I can't take any more news from the outside world. Please, no yeah, more I news did from think the outside that was, world. I did, think that was, I did think that was an interesting choice. <laughs> I didn't want to question it. But... 
So for anyone who doesn't having know, a worse time than, than, yeah. than the state of what the world What is this war of mine for people who don't know about it? It is a survival reality game. Uh, yeah, it Survival is... of the horrors of war game. You are stuck in a war-torn city, there are snipers, and you have to do what it takes to survive, be yeah. that sort of just, um, you know, just hunting for scraps of metal or equipment or wood. Yeah. Bits of things that you can make into other things. Making choices about how to interact with certain situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played this, but, like, I remember one early one in my playthrough where... I could hear someone on the other side of a door and they seemed to be struggling, like something bad was happening and having to make this sort of choice of... Did you peek through the door? Uh, I I can't remember what I did, but I I definitely ended up going in, I think. But trying to make the decision of, is this someone in distress? Do I risk going in to try and help them? Do I ignore it and just keep scavenging around the house for things and get out before whatever's in there happens. Is my need to protect my group of people greater than the needs of the people that live in this place that I'm currently here to scavenge? Yeah, it's... Do I risk losing a night without having picked anything up? Because it's like, ah, I found other people here and I don't want to be the person that's scavenging from someone else. But also, everyone is dying of hunger. Everyone is exhausted because they haven't slept in a proper bed. Yeah... It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's fascinating in a similar way to like the the better moral choice moments in something like Papers Please, mm-hmm. when it's yeah, not yeah. the moments when you're not just trying to do paperwork really quickly, where it's like here is a refugee who is begging you to let them through the border, and you have to make a decision about like if I get caught doing this, I'm not going to be able to feed my family, but can I? morally justify turning this person away it's it's that kind of stuff yeah it's you can very much role play who do you want to be yeah to a point but like there is a certain level of desperation and i'm really curious because apparently there is a board game of this there is a board game and apparently it is as grim as the the uh the the video game i have never tried to play the board game because it seems just as grim and i i would have to be in the right frame of mind for that I would be curious to to give that a go. Like, I think it's uh, like a really interesting concept of like, yeah. hey, you, all you really have to do is hang out until the ceasefire. Yeah. Eventually, the ceasefire will come. Yeah. How well will you survive? Or you know, are you gonna try and help other people yeah. out? Are you gonna trade with the person who's come knocking at the door? Because initially, when someone came knocking at the door, I was like, "You're not coming in. Nobody's here." La 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 la. And the yeah. guy's like. I'm here, I, I don't have all day, it took me a lot to get here. Oh, oh, you're a traitor, and you're not here to kill me, okay? <laughs> it's it's a lot. It is it is a fantastically written game, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it's, it's fascinating and, like, curious in a way. Yeah. I wouldn't ever describe it as fun. No, it is... It is poignant. It is poignant and interesting to think about, like... How into this could you get? Like, how would I react in this situation? And how how much of this is genuinely how I would react in this situation? And how much of it is... I am safe at home. I have clothes and there is food in the kitchen. And what is... If I was actually in this situation... Because Brexit's coming. Who knows what the fuck that's going to look like. (laughs) Um, You know, how, how long is it before we're going, well... I've not heard much from the neighbours in that house for a couple of nights. I'm going to go around and scavenge some wood and knock together a bed because neither of us have slept in a bed for a while. Uh, Am I avoiding snipers by night? 
am I risking going out and, and looking for materials and maybe finding out when I get back that bandits invaded our place just as we have invaded other people's places and one of our people got stabbed. Yeah. This war of mine. This war of mine. Something uh, less depressing. Uh, I played something less depressing. Yay! Uh, I got back into playing Pokemon this week. Are you uh, sure it's less <laughs> <laughs> I got back into playing Pokemon this week. Um, coincidentally, there there was a Pokemon Direct, which I will talk about shortly. But yeah, I I I just got the the urge back to get back to playing Pokemon. So I've been playing the Isle of Armor DLC, which came out in uh, I believe June. It was very short. It was a new wild area space to explore. Um, there was a little plot, and you could get a, a legendary at the end. Mostly for me, it was interesting as a way to engage with shiny hunting, because um, there's these there's these forms of Pokemon in Sword and Shield called Gigantamax Pokemon, where they they chonky lads. yeah they they don't just get chonky; they also change design entirely when they get big. Um, big and chonky. Yeah, so shiny versions of those in the base game were essentially mathematically impossible to find. Uh, you had something like a 1 in 600 chance of finding a Gigantamax Pokemon in a raid, and then a 1 in 4,000 chance of that one being a shiny one of it. And when you get... 1 in 4,000 is already ridiculous enough odds for a shiny. When you are having to do that many raids to find the Gigantamax one to then try and get the shiny Gigantamax, essentially impossible. Um, Has it been done? Pardon? Has it been done? Oh, it has been done. Some people have accidentally led into them. Some people deliberately managed to um, spam their way to finding them by tricking the in-game clock into changing dates so that it would keep refreshing what was in mm-hmm. in dens. Like you, you could get them by basically looking on Discord forums for Pokemon, being like, "Hey, I found this raid. I'm just going to keep running it." Join the queue, try and get in. If you can get in, you can catch one. So I had a few, I had a few shiny Gigantamax Pokemon, but I had okay. like a, I had a lot of gaps in my collection. Mm-hmm. Um, the Isle of Armor DLC had these things called Max Mushrooms that basically go do a bunch of raids. Mushrooms will spawn on this island. You can make a Pokemon that isn't Gigantamax into a Gigantamax one, which meant if I had the regular shiny form of say a regular shiny Meowth. I could go do a bunch of raids, get the mushrooms, turn it into a into the long cat meowth, but shiny. Long. Yeah. So, I I spent I spent like a lot of this weekend doing raids over and over to get mushrooms to turn all of my regular shinies into Gigantamax shinies. So I now have all the Gigantamax shiny Pokemon, Yay. which was like a big thing looming over my head that I wanted to do in shiny hunting and just haven't gotten around to. Um. Then I started regular shiny hunting again. I've been hatching eggs. Um, there's the the second half of this DLC for Pokemon is coming out uh, in like three weeks, and that's got my ass in gear again to be like, there's only like fifty Pokemon in Sword and Shield I don't have in shiny. Like I I, I could get on top of that. Um, I want to get a shiny um, Galarian Slowbro again because there's a new evolution for that in the new DLC, and I want to get ready for that. I've I've just been hunting shiny Pokemon again. That that bit of me that stopped doing that for a while is like, oh, winter's setting in. Winter is coming. I could just shiny hunt. It's I, like board games. As soon as winter arrives, I want to be shiny hunting. <laughs> I I don't know why it's such a winter activity, <laughs> but it's a winter activity apparently. 
Well, I'm glad you have me in to think. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've spouted Pokemon words at you. I don't know if any of them made any sense. I know what Gigantamax are, and I know what the Lunk, lunk, lunk Meowth is. Yay! <laughs> I always worry when I start spouting Pokemon. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm saying a lot of never, words here. Never be afraid. I love it when you infuse. <laughs> what have you been playing this week? Oh, I played the Alto Collection. Tell me what that is. It's a one-button, um, like, sand-surfing game. Yeah. So you are a person... In the first one, you're collecting llamas. Yes, I noticed that. You were chasing them down a hill. Oh no, the llamas have escaped. I will run after the llamas, and by touching them, I will... Re- somehow return recept- them home. Somehow return them home. And there's coins as well. And if I do tricks by holding down the jump button while I'm jumping... Some I sometimes will land tricks and that will make my scarf longer. Ooh. And then I will have like a, a full on journey scarf. <laughs> and I will get faster and faster and faster by landing all the tricks. It, it looked very pretty. It's quite pretty. It's quite it's pretty chill to just sit and like yeah, it's nice nice yeah. scenery. Nice sort of zone out kind of game. Go and, I mean it's only one button so you don't really have to think about much. Yeah. You're just sort of like, I'm gonna do a jump. Yeah. I'm do a thing over here now. I might do a little backflip. I might. Have I got time to do a double backflip? Ah, ah, no, I didn't. Oh, oh no. Uh, or I, I hit a, a rock or a campfire or an old man on a different llama decided <laughs> to hit me on with a stick. Oh, no. I know. Oh, no. Apparently, by, by surfing over him, I didn't respect my elders. Oh, no. <laughs> um, And the sequel, which is also part of the Alto Collection... Is sand rather than snow. Yep. And you go sand surfing, and there's uh, hot air balloons that you can, um, like they have bunting between them, and you can surf along the bunting. Oh. And sometimes you can surf up walls. <laughs> but again, it's all one button, and there's like a little bit of, of collect power ups. Mm. I was a little bit disappointed with my first power up. So I'm going to save up, I'm going to get one of those helmets, that looks really cool. And it, and like when it said like you will get one chance to like hit a thing and you'll be okay, I was like, cool. So one thing once per run, I will have the opportunity to hit a thing. No, you will save up for like an hour of coins, oh. and you will get one of these things. Oh, oh dear, that's just, that's no good. So I very quickly realised that apart from the like magnet power ups, which like. When you get a magnet, you will attract, attract coins, and the more power-ups you get for it, the longer that will last. Mm. Like, the the permanent power-ups, like, nothing else was worth getting. Mm. Just yeah. ignore everything else. Indeed. Save up for, like, the 7,000 coin things. That's just, like, weeks of play. <laughs> it's alright. It's, it's quite chill. The scenery is very pretty. It's a very nice, sort of, quite quite basic um like there's no outlines really it's all sort of flats in a kind of journey-esque way it's very nice to look at well done them what about you i've been playing a bunch of hades hades Uh, i've heard things about this people play that yeah it 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 has very quickly become a potential like this could be in game of the year territory and i'm only like six seven hours in i'm already real digging it uh, so this is by the people that did Bastion, Transistor, Pyre. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a top-down, isometric, roguelike. Uh, you are fighting your way through rooms of enemies, collecting upgrades as you go. You've got permanent resources between runs. Um, the general concept is you are Hades' son trying to escape from, from the underworld. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to hang out in hell, and Hades is like, no, you got to stay here, and... All of the gods up on Mount Olympus are like, hey, 
Don't worry, we'll help. Hey, nephew, we didn't know you existed. Now that we know you exist, let us. We'll help you out. We'll be your cool relatives. We'll give you somewhere to stay if you can get up here. Like, it's the energy of, like, an aunt going to a teenager and being like, look, I know that your dad's really shitty and that things are really bad at home right now. I'll get a moving truck. We'll help you get out. We'll, we'll set you up. Yeah, um, thanks, Athena. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> so, like, at its core, it is... Each time you go through a room, you get some kind of upgrade that'll help through the run. There'll often be multiple choices of doors. They'll all ultimately lead to the end of the level. Like, it's not like branching paths you'll have to backtrack on. But usually it's like, ah, oh, do you want to go in this room to get an upgrade from Hermes that will probably let you dash more or go faster? That sounds like Hermes. Uh, or do you want to go in this room and get a health upgrade for the rest of the run? Uh, and you've got to make all these choices about what sort of build you want to make. Uh end of the run everything basically resets to zero mm -hmm. um what makes this really interesting is there's stuff outside of the actual uh roguelike runs mm -hmm. that's really interesting um there's a lot and i mean like a lot of dialogue and npc interactions um basically every time that you fail a run you get dropped back to the start back uh, in front of hades all of these characters that are hanging out in in the underworld have new dialogue every time you come back. Um, there is like relationship building systems. Uh, you can befriend them to get like cool power ups from them that'll help you on runs. Mm. And you get little side quests where you interact with them, and they'll get get you to do something next time you do a roguelike run. Oh, heck. Um, there is like a bunch of different kinds of upgrade trees. There is a bunch of different weapon types that you can start the run with. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff out. Like, usually in a roguelike, the the whole thing is as soon as a run ends, just jump back in and be playing again. Mm -hmm. This it encourages you to like slow down and take a minute and be like, it's okay. We'll give you some story for a minute. We'll slow down. Okay, you 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 done your story. You caught up. You done your tasks. Okay, back in we go. Um, it's really fun. I've been enjoying some of the preset weapons more than others. Um. The one that I re the build I've been really liking is that these very fast punchy fists that require you to be very close up to enemies, but they do very fast attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, which poison. I, uh, yes, yes, there is. Um, uh, what's the the drunken Greek god that just Bacchus? No, Roman. I, I think that's Roman. Dionysus. Dionysus. That's it. <laughs> just lounges around eating grapes and getting drunk yeah. all day. Um will give you this thing where, like, every time you hit an enemy, they will basically get higher levels of poison damage, mm. which works really well with these very quick punchy fists, because you can dash in, do five very quick hits, dash away, and be like, ha-ha, you're max level poison damage now. Bye. Um, And then pair that with, I think it's Athena that does, like, lots of defensive spells, so you get, like, every time I dash, it prote protects me from projectiles, right. and then I just sort of dash in, punch, 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 dash out, and that's yeah. that's my whole... Got the dodge roll. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's ah, uh, it's really it, mechanically it's very fun, and all of the characters in it are very endearing. They've got like very interesting, varied personalities. Um, as you get further up through the floors, you meet more NPCs, and um, I, I like that there's lots of ability to customize the kind of things you're going to encounter in the run. Um, like let's say there's a kind of power up like. Dionysus power-ups that are really useful for my punch build. Mm -hmm. You can give some upgrade materials to Dionysus and equip a little trinket and now Dionysus upgrades will appear more frequently if that's Hi. the ones that you need for your build. Mm -hmm. So you can sort of skew it towards like, there's a higher chance that I'll get the things that 
make a good run for me. Okay. Which helps it avoid some of that Binding of Isaac-esque yeah, this is completely yeah. random and I did not get anything that works for how I like to play and I'm not having fun with this run. It's the sort of thing that I feel like Dead Cells could use because that like Yes. Initially you don't really understand like don't unlock everything. Yeah. Because that will really skew what comes up in your run. Yeah. Like just being able to go, actually I'd really I, I favour a hammer. Or whatever you favour. Just like I favour a hammer, could we maybe skew it so I get more hammers? Yeah. And traps rather than... Well, this this really works for that because, like, in, in that example, like, hammers, for example, let's mm. say that's the thing you like to work with, you can set it so that every run you start with the base that base weapon. Mm-hmm. So you're not having to find the weapon type that you like. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, you can skew which kind of upgrades show up so you've got a better chance of getting, like... Uh, and you can change that as you go. So let's say... I tend to need uh, Dionysus upgrades on the first floor, but by the time I get to the second floor, that's got a bunch of lava, so I need defensive upgrades there. Mm-hmm. In between floors, you can swap out your trinkets. Ooh. So now, set this floor, I'm more likely to get the defensive ones. You nice. can you can tweak your, like... If you've unlocked a permanent upgrade, in between floors, you can switch out which of those you have. Ooh, um, and there's other stuff that's things like get an extra revival or um, get extra health, and... The more you have one of those trinkets equipped and keep using it, mm-hmm. it tends to get more effective in its in how useful it is. Oh, handy. Which is nice. So it, yeah. it rewards you for sticking with one for a little while. Mm. Um, yeah, I am really enjoying Hades. It is a very fun game. Mm-hmm. It is a roguelike that has just enough taken the edge off of um, the randomness of the start of runs. I can very reliably know I'm going to have the weapon type I like and probably the right-ish sort of upgrades at the start. Which means that I'm reliably doing a lot better in most runs. I'm having fewer of those everything is terrible and I'm having a bad time runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made it to the, the the final boss or at least like in the equivalent that Mom would be in Binding of Isaac of like, ah, I'll get to see the credits after this and mm-hmm. there's probably a lot more after that. But yeah. Uh, I made it to that boss fight, got them down to about a third of their health left on my first attempt. Nice. I did quite well. That's um, pretty good. I'm ready to get back in. Yeah. I think it's going to be my streaming game for a while. Yeah. yeah, I've been I've been enjoying, like, two hours is a good length of time to be playing it and be mm-hmm. like, and that was, a, that was a good run and onward I continue. Yeah. Ah, what about you? You played anything else this week? I played that new Left 4 Dead 2 mod. Well, oh. chapter. Uh, the the last stand. Is the that last it? stand. That's one. It was a fan mod that's got official backing to go in the game. Yeah. It's uh, basically the lighthouse level from the original Left 4 Dead, mm-hmm. and it's been sort of fan modded in. I like. I recognise a lot of the level. Yes. It's uh. It's, mm. Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah, as it would be for a fan mod for a game of this sort of age. Yeah, it's got that sort of like, hey, you're all grizzled veterans of the game, you want to do this? You've been playing this at least a couple of times a week since it launched. And I got the impression that it was that difficulty as standard. You know, like some some, some things with Left 4 Dead, you end up on like an, an unofficial oh, server yeah, where yeah. like it's all tanks or something. Oh, no. I, got, I didn't get the impression that it was a case of, yeah, they fucked about with the server settings a bit, and no, if this... I type the right thing, I might be able to buy an MP5. Ah. Uh, no, this is just this is just a tough level for people who've been playing this a while. Yeah, pretty much. And it's long as well. Like, yeah. be- like between safe rooms, it is a, a long way to go. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
It's a very satisfying experience. I'm, I'm glad it was satisfying rather than frustrating. It can mm. go either way with those kind of tough levels. It can. I might, I might try it on easy at some point. But yeah, yeah. I, had, I had fun. And the for all the worries that I was seeing on Twitter, but, you know, it's Twitter, and the gamers TM were out. Like <laughs> so if, For all the people who've never played before, they're doing like a cheap weekend and the new thing is out, so we know we're going to be seeing an influx. Don't be trying to play it like by so soloing <laughs> off. Some of us have been playing for years. You need to know that this is how we play it. It's like blah blah you're, blah blah you're, blah. You're, you're correct. We do need to stick together, or they're going to die. But you don't need to put it across that. You way. don't. And also, like they'll learn. Yeah, they'll go into one or two games. They'll run off on their own, and they'll die because the AI director will kill them. Because that's what it does. Yes. <laughs> And eventually they will learn, like, stick to the group, and that won't happen, because people will be able to watch your back for that jockey, that smoker, that hunter. Yeah. Like, you'll be okay. Just stick together. Yeah. You'd have to be a dick about it, though. Yeah. Like, the yeah, I was seeing a lot of... You don't have to be gamer TM about it. I was seeing a lot of the discourse TM on Twitter (laughs) from the gamers TM about, like, how people should be playing. Like, it's a £2.50 game. You've been playing it for, like, over a decade. Stop being an ass. Indeed. Right, you played anything else this yes, week? Yes, I played Beyond a Steel Sky. Tell us about that. I, I don't know if I've talked about Beneath a Steel Sky. It was one of the first games I ever played on my own PC. Mm. Like I bought when I bought my first PC. Cause, God, they were expensive back then. Um, <laughs> it was an inheritance. I couldn't have afforded it on my own. Um, like I bought the LucasArts pack, which was uh, Indiana Jones, The Fate of Atlantis, Day of the Tentacle, Sam and Max. Hmm. And Beneath the Steel Sky, and those are like the four point and clicks I really, yeah. really think very fondly of. Yes. As being like the games of my childhood. Hmm. Uh, Beneath the Steel Sky sees like you're a person who lives in this place called The Gap, which is apparently in Australia. You uh, came there as a child, your uh, helicopter crashed, um, your mother died, and they named you after a can of Fosters. So you're ah. Robert Foster. <laughs> Um, you are then sort of abducted back into the city. Your helicopter crashes. Robert, not having a great time with helicopters. Not having a good time. Um, it turns out the computer wants him for something. They need to find out what that is. Adventure ensues. You have this little robot friend who's this really sarcastic little arsehole. Yay! But in a fun way. <laughs> um, and throughout the game you sort of give him various bodies of robots that you find. Stealing bits of robots and taking a circuit board out and putting it into other things and eventually downloading you into an android. It's a fun story. Like, it's it's kind of dark. And it gets a bit weird and tentacly at the end. (laughs) But, like, yeah, it was a story, like, I've played that maybe eight eight or nine times, and I'm not much of one for replaying games, necessarily. Unless it's something like arcade Yeah. So, like, it was nice, like, hey, Revolution Software are doing a, a sequel. Cool. Apparently it was previously out on iProducts. Okay. Which kind of makes sense. It's uh, now a third person game. Always a bit wary about third person yeah. 3D point and click style games because <laughs> we escaped from Monkey Island. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... There's been a lot of time in this game so far where I've been like, okay, I am learning controls and I, I okay, now I understand how to do that. Now I kind of understand the humour of the game. It was quite nice in the intro thing to see like randomly highlighted words because that was a whole thing in the original. Yes. Just like, 
Here's a highlighted word for no reason. Is is that important? Do I need to remember that bit? No, no, apparently that was just how everyone in this game just weirdly emphasizes certain words. Just all caps certain words. You have to imagine that they're kind of shouting. Everyone's a bit shouty in a weird way. Was was this the game you were streaming the other day where there were sausages all over the floor for no reason? Yes, I was throwing picking sausages, up sausages everywhere. I was th- I was throwing sausages to the birds ah. to try and get a uh, a deet <laughs> off of a purple bird. Um, wasn't super happy about what I had to do to get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for two reasons. For the first one, like I was like, oh okay, I get the sausage, I attract the bird. I walk over here and I throw it this thing. I was like, cool, I'm pretty sure that's the solution. And my character was just like, ah, I don't want to waste any of the sausages. I was like, okay, maybe I did it wrong. So I wandered around for another 20 minutes. Yeah. Clicking on everything, talking to everyone. And I gave up and looked up a walkthrough. I was like, oh, that is what I had to do. Apparently I hadn't noticed that the bird had stopped following me. Okay. So I needed to make sure absolutely the bird was following me before I used the thing on the other thing. Oh. Um, although, as I've said, like I, I played for two hours. I spent a lot of time just wandering around in a circle, completely lost. But the nostalgia is real. Yeah. Because that's how I played those games. Was that enough for you to be having a good time still? I think it helped that the area I was, like, there was lots of references to the original game. Like, there was, um, like... Uh, link computers, mm. like um, basically, like information points around the city. Yeah, like from the first game, there was a statue, uh, like a piece of modern art from the first game. I was like, I know the thing. It's that weird structure <laughs> thing. Um, like r- references. There's there's a statue of Joey, your robot, from the first one in his android form with his one missing arm because <laughs> he got it fused to a door <laughs> really near the end of the game. Um. Yeah, it was lots of like, hey, this is really tweaking the nostalgic glands. Well oh. done on that. I, I, I mean, I, I need to be able to get further with it. Yeah, and it, it may end up I will probably spend more of time with with the walkthrough open, just to experience the game. Yeah, like because the original one was like, there was a lot of pixel hunting. Yeah, there was a lot of, oh, I didn't even realize that I was supposed to pick that gum up. I didn't even realise I was supposed to know that that gum was actually plastic explosive and it would do something weird. Oh, this is that one, yeah. This is that one. Yeah. Like, there is some real bullshit moves in the original game. Yeah. So I'm not surprised that it's a bit weird, which is why I've been like a bit more persistent than I might otherwise have been. Yeah. But don't make me hurt the bub. Don't, don't make you hurt the bub. Scared of bub, sure. No hurt the bub. No hurt the bub. But yeah, I am. Um, I will eventually get back into Union City and find out what the fuck's going on. Graphically, it kind of reminds me of um, Borderlands. Yes, it's, yeah. It's a bit sort of like comic book styly, hmm. um, which is good because the original game started with uh, like some Dave Gibbons uh, like comic book art, which was very nicely done. I am curious to see where it goes. I am yeah. excited for more. I will, that will probably be my streaming game for a while. Yeah. So, what about you? You got anything That's else? Everything I've played this week. Well then, time for this. Time Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, uh, welcome to the Cat Owners Association. I'm glad you have all joined us. Um, now, this is a big old talk we've been meaning to give for a while on how to cope with lockdown. And you might be wondering why you've been invited to the Cat Owners Association for this particular talk. But don't worry. 
we've got lots of important tips for you. Uh, so, what you want to do to get through lockdown, because I understand it's been it's been very uncertain, all the rules keep changing, never quite sure what you're meant to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. So, I want you all to imagine politicians are like cats. They're much less pleasant to spend time with, and, you know, none of the nice aspects of cats. Greedy but... fat cats. Okay, greedy fat cats, there we go, we're back on track. Thank you, Janice. Here's the thing. These politicians, they want you to stay in. Then they want you to go out. In, out. In, out. Can't make up their minds. So just treat them like you would a cat. Humour them a little bit, as best you can, but ultimately know that they're just making it up as they go along. They don't know whether they want you to stay inside or go out, so just... You've got to make the decision for them sometimes. You've got to go, no, you're staying in. You're not You're not going back out, back in, back out, back in. And they definitely haven't checked the science. Yeah. So, um, yes, that's, that's our conclusion. Treat politicians like cats. Hey, uh, n- nice to meet you. Uh, what what are you what are you drinking? Lols, uh, can has cheeseburger. Uh, um, uh, okay. Um, uh, n- n- nice to nice, still nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to to meet you to you to. What what's 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 happening here? Only speak lolish. Oh, uh, oh, oh, that's memes, memes. That's memes. you're doing memes. Do you, do you like the hat? Do you like the hat? This is the original Burberry cap owned by Scumbag Steve. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I mean, I mean, I've I've enjoyed a meme from time to time Ruffle too. Rufflecopter. Uh, uh, okay, I've enjoyed a meme from time to time too. Um, you know, I'm no stranger to a silly Zoom background. A what? You know the Zoom, the conferencing app. You make your background look like oh, oh, I'm I'm on top of top of a very tall building. Oh, that's very silly. No, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, you these you see angry them? wolf. Ah, I don't get it. Have your modern memes. Have you, have you seen that meme where everyone's like, ah, oh, this is what I'm normally like, and here's what I'm like in 2020, and it's uh, you do two images, and it's drastically worse in the 2021. I mean, we could see what Sudden Clarity Clarence is up to today. Have you seen a meme that existed beyond 2008? Overly attached girlfriend's still relevant, right? (laughs) I mean, she still, as a human being, exists. That'll do. I'm doing the look. I'm doing the look. Yeah, you are doing the look on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I broke you. I couldn't look at the look. (laughs) I heard you're doing a podcast. Do you want to do it with me? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what have you put in your eyes this week my my eyes your eyes my eyes yeah we watched some star trek movies yeah we watched the first three of the next generation movies yep i don't remember what the names of them in order are i know <laughs> the second one is first contact yes the good one is first contact uh should we talk about them in order what was the first one generations i could not tell you what happened in Generations. It's completely left my mind. Uh, that was the one with Shatner. Oh, the one with Shatner, the yes. The one with Shatner. And, the one um, that Shatner Ratner. really didn't need to be in, but Shatner was in. The, the, yes, there is that. But they had to get him back because the fans of the original series love Shatner, even though he's a massive dickhead and a transphobe. Yeah, yeah. So Generations is basically... Hey, someone, someone wants to make a space ribbon go somewhere else in space so that they can go to 
paradise. Basically go to heaven. Basically. Yeah. And that's going to probably destroy a bunch of, like, a couple of universes in the process. Well, and not universes, but certainly solar systems. A couple of solar systems. It's going to do some re- real damage. And Yeah, he's uh, basically blowing up stars so that it will change the gravity in the surrounding space. So that he... Because he's mathematically worked out that if he blows up enough suns, yeah. he can move the ribbon onto an M-class planet and then just wait on the planet for the ribbon to pick him up. Because if you fly into it, you die. Or your ship falls apart, at least. Which, you die. Yeah. Which it, is why not yeah. everybody was in the ribbon when... Like, oh, yes, people, yes, yes. It was just people who'd sort of, like, had it hit like, them. Like Shatner, who got pulled out the ship He was pulled out of the, the ribbon. As the ribbon was yes, passing. Yes, I see. Um... Uh, there's there's a lot of missed opportunities with the film, yeah. I think. Um, I wish Guinan had been a bigger part of the film, considering like how this is sort of clearly about... tied into her backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that her warnings of it's going to be really hard to to bring yourself to leave this place had amounted to more. Like I wish we'd seen Picard struggle more to bring himself yeah. to leave because it's literally. Guinan spends the whole time being like, hey, look, if you enter this place, you're never going to want to leave. It is t- so perfect. Because and this is why somebody yeah. was willing to wipe out entire civilizations yeah. to get back I was, there. I was wanting to see Picard a little more struggle Tom? with the, the like, hey, I, I'm feeling the desire to stay here deep enough that I can at least empathise with someone with why someone would try and destroy suns to I feel to like get a director's here. cut might have, have done something yeah. with that, maybe. I it, don't know if one exists. Yeah, because Picard shows up and within five minutes he goes, oh, paradise is, paradise is quite nice, although actually I probably shouldn't stick around, should I? I have duties to perform. Like, he never struggles at all with... Not really. Like, what he, he struggles with most is getting shattered. out He, he doesn't seem even the slightest bit sad to leave literal paradise. Yes. And that's kind of... I wish that had been more of a thing. Especially when they spend quite a lot of the beginning of the film going, hey, your family's all dead, now you have no family, and yeah. the whole thing about you having a family yeah, and that's continuing Just on. a little bit of Picard doing a Shakespearean cry about... Oh no, I have a family again, and I'm not alone, and oh no, I'm going to have to go back to being alone. That's actually quite difficult, and you know. He had to wrestle with that bit. Yeah. He got out way too easy. He got out way too easy. Also, Malcolm McDowell, a man with a gun that turns sideways, (laughs) but sometimes he turns the gun sideways to shoot, so basically it's upright because he wants to look gangster? What? Yeah, yeah. Also, (laughs) hey, I'm just going to nitpick your plot slightly. I, um... (laughs) You 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 left paradise and were able to drop back into literally any point in space time yep. to fix this problem. Yep. Why not go back to Months. before Malcolm McDowell blew up that first um, solar system? Yep. Why didn't you like go back and arrest him then? All of the, save all of the people. Yeah. Why why did you only save this solar system? Why not go back and save the other one too? Apparently he didn't care about that. Yeah, that it felt like such a weird omission to not use that to go back and. I, I, I mean, mean, the only thing I would say is he, he he had enough foreknowledge having been there the first time. Possibly, but also, like, he still could have gone back to that location. He'd have been like, well, I know where he's heading. I can get there and be there in time. I guess. You know, it 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 was a weird film. It was a weird film. It um, was fan service. It was all fan service. Yes. You know what's a better Next Generation film? First Contact. First Contact. It's got the Borg in it. It's got the Borg in it's it. It's got Alice Cridge in it. Yeah, when you tell me there's going to be a movie for Next Generation, I assume the Borg are going to be there, because 
<laughs> the Borg are basically the, the the big threat that never got truly wrapped up in TNG. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's all right. You got the, you got the Borg and Data with skin and Alice Cridge, who is amazing as the Borg Queen. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. It is quite quite the film. I I do enjoy the sort of alien esque vibe it gets at points where yeah. it's like, hey, the Borg are on this ship. Fuck. What we're we gonna do? The fact that it's all shot. On film, and yeah. there obviously because you've got Borg, there's the odd um, fish island shot. Yes, and you've got the whole thing with like when the the Borg are all up the walls in their pods. It has a little bit of that sort of like mm-hmm. the the gestating aliens yeah. vibe, and the whole like doing the spacewalk thing to kind of try and get rid of them. Worf with the like the bit of a Borg limb tied around his yeah. spacesuit to stop the oxygen leak, and it's... they assimilate this line. <laughs> Oh my god! It, this is this is what I wanted out of a next gen film. Yeah, as much as I dislike the Enterprise uh, E, like the film is amazing. Yeah, I I thought it was very good. Um, Data's whole thing at the end of the film is wonderfully done. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a good film. It's a that really is, good film. I can understand why you said that is the good, the good TNG one. movie. Yeah, because then we want, went on to Insurrection, which is the worst in, um, I mean, TNG movie. I didn't hate it. There were <laughs> things to enjoy, but there are some baffling, baffling choices. Some baffling choices, some recycled material from other yeah. episodes. So, like, the, the, the movie starts with its first 15 minutes being a rehash of that one episode of TNG. The Dark Blind episode. When they're in the Dark Blind and they accidentally get found out. Like, oh, we... And Data's going wild because he's been damaged. Except there's... Which was from a different episode. Except there's absolutely no need for that conceit because this isn't a first contact situation. There's no need to rehash the Duck Blind thing. And various people knew this that were involved. Yeah. And and then it kind of becomes Deep Space... uh, No, it kind of becomes Voyager with the the organ harvesting people. Um... It's it's ending is kind of like you can see it a little ways off. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, I see what's it's going on. It's also a very early nineties film because it's all about being obsessed with facelifts and wanting to live, be eternally youthful. Yeah, and also it's <sighs> and there's a whole environmental message in there as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. I, I, I was trying to work out how to describe this film. The <laughs> phrase that came to mind was, "What if the Amish could be eternally young?" <laughs> You get what I mean, Oh, though. I 100% get it, yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that they were like, we've rejected technology, and, you know, where we, where would we get it? Why would we want yeah, a spaceship? Because it cl- would just take us yeah. away from here, but where the, we have The it. main difference being, like, the, the Amish do the thing where, like, hey, look, at a certain point, go feel free to go out and see the world, and if you want to come back later, um, you know, that you are more than welcome. You'll be welcome back with open arms. I think it's a bit different when you're on a planet, though. <laughs> I mean, possibly, but you know. I mean, I, I agree that they they, could have the welcomed. children should have been allowed to go. You're you're old enough now. Make your own decision. You want to stay here with us? Yeah. Do you want to go out and explore the galaxy a bit? Yeah, we can give you directions to like where there are some safer spaces, as per yeah. our previous. Yeah, and record. if you decide you'd like to come back, you're welcome. You're welcome. Tell us stories. Yeah, but, you know, not the technological ones. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. There were there were parts of it I enjoyed, but it it felt like it spent a lot of time dragging it heel, its heels and not getting to the plot it wanted to tell. Yeah, 
and dragging its heels, uh, like being more about the looks of the thing. Yeah, you could truncate this down to a standard like Star Trek episode, and you could probably make this be a good Star Trek. Oh, you episode. could make a much better single yeah. Star Trek episode out of this. Yeah, this did not need to be a movie. This could have been a really good forty-minute episode. Yeah, you know. Well, so after this, we got Nemesis. We got. What's where does Nemesis fit on this ranking for you? Um, it's oh probably about the same level as Insurrection. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, so we've got um Venom as the main bad guy who's a clone. Oh, Tom of Pic- Hardy. Who's a clone of Picard, I think, or something along the lines. But also he's a Romulan, and the Romulans are doing a bad thing. I can't remember the exact plot. I just remember <laughs> really zoning most of it out because it was dull. Well, we'll see if we can focus any more on it this time. I've only seen it once. I have at least seen Insurrection three times. Yeah. Four times now. Wow. We'll, we'll probably watch it at the weekend and... Probable. Yeah. You watched anything else this week? We watched some uh, some Parasite uh, Ma- the Maxim. Parasite the Maxim, which is an anime that is, uh, is on Netflix. It's probably in other places. Yeah, I'd been recommended Parasite. Like, just Parasite. Yeah. A few times as like, hey, do you want to watch some, like, cool horror anime? Yes, please. Yeah. Here's one about a person with a possessed hand. Cool. Yeah, so, alien parasites, maybe, question mark? Um, With pseudo-religious stuff going on there as well? Yeah, come down to Earth and their whole aim is to take over human brains and devour, or, or whatever species they are. Go for the brain, you can take control of them. Eat all the rest of that species. Ideally humans, it seems, because they yeah. seem to see us as, like, the apex. Yeah, ideally humans, but if not, whatever species you become, and then devour your species. And this one person has headphones in, so the thing can't get to his brain, and it burrows into his hand. Oh, and... no, he has headphones in, and then he ties the headphones around his arm, because it yeah. goes into his arm first. Because it, it tried to go up his arm to get to his brain, couldn't get past the headphones. He makes a tourniquet. It takes too long. Yeah, so this, this thing ends up living in his hand. Yep. And... Where most of these things are very, like, cannibalistic, this one is like, hey, look, I need you to live, let's try and get on on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will also stop you being killed by the others of my kind. Yeah, I'll sort of let you know when they're, they're com- coming along. And sometimes I will touch girls. Yeah. Mm. There's there's a couple of moments in this where I've been like, really, really, was that necessary? The anime, really? Yeah, it was a bit, a bit, it did the anime thing You're really typing the stereo here. Yeah, but like, the points in this I think I've really enjoyed have been like the the encounters between our main character with his living parasite creature hand and the other infected people because like some of those interactions have been very tense and they've yeah. done some good like body morphing horror stuff. Yeah, and... the, the body horror in this is amazing. Like yeah. watching people peel like an orange. W- watching a person's face unwrap into like six separate layers that sort of. Sp- and then they're all, yeah. like, Constantina out, and all of them are knives. Oops, all knives. Yeah, they know how to do cool, weird, body body morphing stuff. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And um, then the other day, I can't remember what we were watching, and we saw a, like, part of a teaser trailer for the live-action movie. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. What? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, in places it's a little bit, like, anime pacing, and it's, it's not, like, it, it's clearly not trying to be straight horror. There's... There's parts of it that are like, hey, let's build up this friendship between a person and the creature that possessed their hand. Um, and it... also that theme tune's incredible. Oh, that that uh... auto tune plus scream metal. Yeah, auto tune like dance dance screamo. 
<laughs> I it's it's something. You know anime genres I, better than I. Yeah, it is like a genre of of anime intro that exists, and I I'm, I've always been a fan. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard anything like it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, it definitely, like, in the last few episodes we watched, like, stepped up a bit. There was that yeah. whole interaction when that one person comes home and mm-hmm. how that played out. I was like, yep. oh, shit, shit's getting serious now. Real serious. Yeah. I'm, What's gonna happen now? Is that it? it? It definitely, like, took some warming up of being a bit slice-of-life anime, but mm-hmm. it's 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 getting somewhere now, I think. It needs to... It's like Bob Ross says, we need to show you the, the one bit so that the other bit can shine through. Yeah. It... The, the impression I've got from it is that it deliberately has the start of the season be very, oops, will he be with the girl? Oh, what's his friendship situation? Oh, he got bullied a bit. So that oops, when... everyone's being murdered. Yeah, so that when it takes its turn, it... Because, it, like, they've started drawing the character a little bit differently in his face shape since the thing happened, and I'm like... But he's changing, yeah, and people are noticing that. They're, they're doing a good job of being like, look, there is a turning point, and... He's not going to be the same after this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they did the legwork for that. Yeah, definitely. I am curious to see where it goes, and then maybe to try and track down the original Parasite. Yeah, I'm up for watching more of this universe of thing. Yeah. I don't know if like this is like a retread of the original. I, I honestly don't know. If we this jump- is an Evangelion, we've done the same thing, but we've just like redubbed it into a yeah. movie version. We, we jumped into this pretty blind based oh. on, that's a cool person with an eyeball for a finger and a... Blade for a thumb. And I have heard the word parasite and anime together yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. What about you? Have you heard anything else? Uh, on Dropout, which is the... Oh, uh, yes. It was College Humor, but College Humor's dead. Uh, their now subscription-y their service. Uh, I watched through season two of Game Changers, which is a... I, I believe I talked about season one of Game Changers before. <laughs> it is a show where every episode is a different game show conceit and the contestants are not told what the game is they're playing mm-hmm. um and they have to work it out as they go another six episode season all of them were hilarious they were all very very amusing awesome. um uh, one of my favorites was a a game where the two contestants were basically told hey in the vicinity of our studio like outside in a certain perimeter there are people who are basically um uh, sleeper agents. Right. Here is a list of ridiculous phrases. You've got like fifteen phrases. Any one of them could be the activation phrase for one of the sleeper agents out there. But you don't know if you're talking to a sleeper agent like that we have hired for the show, or just a rando, or just a rando on the street. Try and activate as many as you can in thirty minutes. Right. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite moments from it is one of the contestants, there's a mother and child, and she's going through this list of weird questions, and she skips over one going, I don't think I can ask this one, because it's like, I, it, it's something that's got swear words in it, and she right. skips over it. And the other contestant comes over and just shouts the swear word one, and the child's like, agent activated. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, like, uh, there, there was a police officer, or someone dressed like a police officer who was one of the, the sleeper agents, and their activation phrase was, would you like to buy a stolen, uh, some stolen DJ equipment? Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they deliberately put some of the phrases to be like, this is going to be the most awkward thing for you to have to ask, not knowing if this is the person. Yeah, that could really cause some fucking problems. Yeah, they clearly, they had, a, they had like camera crews with them and there was clearly room to be like, look, we're doing a thing, we apologise. Um... I think they they prepped people that something filming wise was happening in the area, uh-huh. but yeah, there was that. 
There was a game show where the rule was, unbeknownst to the players, the rule was this player cannot win. No matter what answer they give, they are wrong. Dude. <laughs> it was, all they had to do was realise, oh, the rule is that I'm not allowed to win. And this player gave a very, very interesting monologue by the end of the episode. Oh, it's a very amusing season. I've, I've very, continue to very much enjoy. Oh, yeah, Game Changers has been consistently amusing. Yay! What about you? What you watched? I watched a video called Why This Trick Should Be Impossible featuring Rodney Watt Mullen, Skateboarding Science, on the Physics Girl channel on YouTube. Ooh. I don't know how that turned up in my YouTube recommendations, but I'm glad I watched it. I learned some things about physics. Yeah. In space. You watch the thing spin and then flip itself back and forth while spinning in yeah. space. I'm, I'm, I'm not fully good enough at the science yet to, to relay exactly what was, what the course of that was. But basically, you took like a, like a T-bolt. Yeah. And spun it round in space on its sort of like, so that the the small T at the top was spinning. Yeah. So if you yeah. were trying to twist it out and you just let it just keep spinning. Yeah. And the sort of socket bit of that was just pinging back and forth yeah. as it spun. It science. Like, science. What? Science is why. There is a scientific reason for why that happens. Ha! Huh. <laughs> um, and, like, why certain skateboard tricks work the way they do and how you try and manoeuvre the board in certain ways. And what is the science of that? And Rodney Mullen is really quite eloquent on the subject of physics and skateboarding. Yeah. It was really interesting. Nice. It's only about ten minutes long. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's just nice. What about you? Ah, uh, I watched the Pokemon Direct Crown Tundra video about the new Pokemon DLC. Cast She's got her nerd voice. Oh, uh, can I can I can I talk about Pokemon again for yes! a minute? <laughs> Always. Ah, uh, so let let me get my list so I make sure I don't miss anything because like a lot happened in ten minutes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna summarize it best I can. Um. So yeah, uh, there's like 120 of the old Pokemon are coming back. Hooray, more returning Pokemon. Uh, there's a tournament, 2v2. You can pick an NPC from the from the base game and go do the Elite Four, like the, the Pokemon League, but fighting with them and fighting against two-on-two -two teams. Mm -hmm. That seems cool. Lots of footage of returning legendaries. Uh, there's a co-op thing where you go do a bunch of battles and you can probably unlock some legendaries if you do so. You, you fight together. There's like eight different Pikachus in hats over the next few months that you can get codes to get a free Pikachu in like Ash's hat. Lots of different hats for Pikachu. Uh, Pokemon Go uh, is finally going to be able to transfer to Pokemon Sword and Shield at some point before the end of this year. Uh, you can get a big long-limbed Melmetal, like a Gigantamax Melmetal, which is going to be cool. Um... DLC is like three weeks away. There's a new Galarian Slow King that its head gets eaten by Shelter and it has psychic powers. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff. All, all the old legendaries are coming back. Um, more info on Pikachu in hats. Um, it's just, just more Pokemon. Ah, oh, okay. This wasn't in the direct, but this sort of popped up on online afterwards. Nintendo have continued their quest to basically make any Pokemon you've ever caught able to theoretically become a competitive level Pokemon. Um, so they've been doing this for a while, like, hey, does your Pokemon have the wrong the wrong nature? Don't worry about it. That starter from red and blue that you've transferred all the way <gasps> forwards, you can just give it the nature you want. Oh, does it not have the right uh, IVs? Oh, you can hyper train it. Um, they've, they've been doing this for a while, and the one holdout was nature's. 
um, which is basically an, in- an innate um, special... Oh, sorry, not... Uh, hidden abilities, sorry. Hidden abilities were one of the main reasons competitively to breed a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you breed a Pokemon, it will have a special, unique, innate ability that only that Pokemon gets that will often make it more competitively viable. Um, you just have to breed for them and hope you got one. Mm-hmm. There will now be a rare item that if you can find one of this item, you can just take a Pokemon that doesn't have the hidden ability and give it the hidden ability, Ooh. which continues to be like, hey, hey, your favourite, you know, shiny Pokemon that you caught in Gen 2 and have, you know, kept with you for years. Yeah, d- don't worry that it's not competitive. You can make it competitive if you want. Mm-hmm. I've seen some people grumbling going, but I worked so hard for my competitive team. And I'm like, well, I'm... Um, I hope you had fun doing so. I'm glad that people that don't have the time to do that also get to play on the top end, that they're not shut out from that because they don't have a thousand hours to put into building a team. Mm-hmm. So, hooray for letting more people access things like this. Pokemons. So yeah, I'll, uh, I've watched Pokemon thing. Not everything. Uh, I, I think the only other thing left is we watched a thing together. Uh, high score, I think it's called on oh, Netflix. Oh yeah, we watched the Netflix yeah, gamey thing, video game documentary video thing. Game history. Uh, it was it was well made. I um, liked their graphical choices. Some of yeah. them were quite amusing. Uh, the the episode on violent video games was a little bit was definitely a bit more mainstream audience than we necessarily needed it to be in its language choice. Yeah, but I think all the whole show was very much it, like. Hey, do you need to know how the internet worked in the 90s? Yes. I I think that was the episode out of all of them that felt the most like I didn't feel like I was seeing much new in. The rest of them had like more stuff. Very much our generation. I say our generation. I mean, Um, it was very much your generation and like a time very formative in my growing up for, hey, games are more than Mario. Yes, yeah. I I did laugh every time they insisted on calling fighting games fight games. It was just a weird word choice. It was. But like there was some there was some legitimately fascinating interviews in there. Um I really enjoyed the one that was about 3D gaming and specifically like uh talking to Dylan Cuthbert a lot about how he thought he was going to get in trouble with Nintendo for making <laughs> 3D stuff on the Game Boy and they were like, "Hey, hey. Hey, do you want to come and make Something, a yeah. super effects chip oh, for us. We've not made you sign an NDA, but here's the Super Nintendo. Can you help us make that do 3D? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, was a, it was a good fun watch. Yeah, it was, it was... Like, it's not heavyweight stuff, and if you watch a lot of video game documentaries, you probably won't get much out of no, it. You'll probably know the grand strokes of what they're talking about, but the individual interviews are still... Pretty interesting. Yeah, between game like uh, game makers toolkit and no clip and Kim Justice and like yeah. people who do like gaming history stuff, you if you're the kind of person that watches all yeah. that, you'll probably know it. But like yeah. it's linked together with nice graphics. Some of the interviews are kind of unique and yeah. quite sweet. I I enjoyed a lot of the ones about the arcade modding scene. Like yeah. those turned out really nice. Yeah, there was a few bits in there I didn't yeah. know. And also the the stuff about um, the creation of Doom. There were some really nice interviews <laughs> about how that came together. Yeah, I mean that was one of the ones I knew quite a lot about. But yeah. like, it's nice to see it all together. It, it was all Romero's <laughs> yeah. quite an interesting character it, to watch on film. Even if you know some of these stories already, they're packaged together in very digestible ways. Also, like seeing these same people like years later. Yeah, like maybe you you watched an interview like five years, six, like yeah. ten years ago, 
and maybe they've got slightly different perspectives on things, yeah. especially like, hey, we've had new Dooms since then. Yeah. Um, I, or we've had new games in this sort of genre since then. Um, I really liked seeing some of the like, hey, I was like the Se- the first yes. Sega world champion. I was the first Nintendo yeah. world champion. Um, yeah, indeed. Like it was quite nice seeing a lot of the early the games caught a tournament winners. Um, I quite enjoyed that Street Fighter one who who now he gets to coach esports. Yeah. and I like that we got the trans woman. Yes. Um, and very respectful handling of yeah. everything. Like. I think, like... Also, oh, uh, she's got a wicked smile. Oh, she's got a great smile. <laughs> yeah. There was a few times in that I was like, ah, I bet you're really fun to hang out yeah. with. Like, there's one shot of footage where, like, okay, that's kind of unavoidable, her dead name's on the back of her jacket in a tournament shot. Yeah, but it's, point, like, but, like, barely even considered. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's me on the left. Yeah, it's... They never make that a big deal. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's... It's never made a big thing, and she's she's so charming, isn't yes, she? She's she's, she's a very very she's a real fun personality. Yeah, that that whole early gaming tournaments episode was real fun. Yeah, yeah. it's it's well worth watching. Yeah. It is a it is a very nice, pleasant documentary. Also, the story about the making of ET. Yes, especially that like coupled with the 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 eight bit gra- style graphics they had for that. Yeah, like, it it's... was. Fun. Really funny. It's, it's it's amusing seeing how optimistic he was about. Yeah, this is gonna be fine. This is gonna, gonna be, be fine. fine. Seven weeks. It's fine. No. It's you know, fine. The last game I made took me like eight months, but seven weeks. It's fine. I can do the thing for seven weeks. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg okayed it, so I thought it was gonna be okay. And then everyone hated it, and I called the North, caused the North American games crash, or rather, I was blamed for it. But there was a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. So watch High Score on Netflix. It's a good. Yes. It's a good watch. It's uh, like forty-five minute episodes. I think there's like four of them. Maybe five. Uh, I, th- I thought it was five or six. Okay, but there's, we, there's w- a, we watched it in like yeah. three sittings. There's a good few hours worth of stuff to watch. It's yeah. good. Yeah, I think that's everything I've watched this week. Well, then. <gasps> time for this. Mm. Eric, any sponsor? Who's our new sponsor? Well, have you ever asked yourself or thought about the fact that two-thirds of the food that we make is just thrown away? That's a real depressing statistic right there. Yeah, well, you can save that food. You can stop that just being thrown away, just being disposed of. You can contact us via this app. Okay, what's the app? The, the, The app is called the Leftover Food App, and they will put you together a bag of magic. A bag, a bag of magic. Yeah, it's all the food they're going to throw out. And instead of doing something, you know, like giving it to the homeless or donating it to charity or just making it available to people in food poverty, they're going to find a way to eke out a little bit more capitalism. Oh, of course, I see. So by selling you this magic bag. Oh. Magic bag. Are you worried about the last Greg's pasty going out? Oh. They'll put you together a magic bag. Oh. You can have a bel- You can have twenty Belgian buns oh. and like uh, the last steak bake that's been cold for hours. So I, Just I a get to, bit of capitalism. I, I get to feel like I'm doing something good when in reality. I'm just feeding capitalism and keeping money away from people in food poverty. Yeah, I mean, rather than it, it helps big corporations 
feel better about the fact that they would otherwise be taking all this food and putting it in the dumpster and covering it in bleach so that homeless people can't eat it. Yes, indeed. Which is a thing that they do. That is a thing that they do because heaven forfend that this food that they are otherwise throwing away. God forbid that someone who is so starving that they will go in a bin for food eat food that is perfectly good. No, you've got to make sure it's inedible. Absolutely, because that they haven't engaged in the capitalism. They haven't and engaged in the capitalism. People who don't engage in the capitalism aren't allowed in the society. Not in the society, they're not. Wow, this this got real fucking depressing. <sighs> so there's the leftover food app. Don't just don't. don't don't. In fact, just get download it, g- g- delete it, give them a one star rating, and tell you what you think of these grabbing money grabbing cash. Capitalist bastards I am choking on my own rage (sighs) This week's episode is 137 That bears no relevance to anything The end Inside the boardroom Of Electronic Actor Softworks Hi. 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 So, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's new today? Oh my, we have had a wonderful week. Oh, tell me about it. What, what's, what we had going on? While no one was looking, while no one was paying attention, while there was no oversight whatsoever, we got our branded adverts for loot boxes into a ton of kids' magazines. I mean, how, how old are we talking? Are we talking about, like, Eight. you know, like... Eight years old. We aimed not targeted advertising at eight-year-olds. Not even like the teenagers. No. <gasps> oh, No, you. the ones that can really nag a parent. Oh, you wonderful son of a bitch. The ones that can grind a parent to dust for a loot box. And see, here's the beautiful thing about this is... Have they noticed it yet? Has it been caught? I mean... It was briefly talked about for a day in the gaming press. Mm, well, see, this is the thing is... Look... Even if they manage to get them, you know, like, oh, we won't do it again, we can't do it again, we got in trouble. Those kids still saw those adverts. They saw those adverts. They're, they're not going to unsee them. It is so close to the primary gifting period, they're going to be like, Mommy, Mommy, I want a loot box. Oh, 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 goodness. Have we got that technology yet to get the physical loot boxes in the stores? We are working on that. We are working on I'm that. I'm pretty sure that's the only way the parents are actually going to be able to find a loot box to buy because they don't know how computers work. Yeah, I mean, we're slowly introducing blind bags, but the blind bags just contain a code that may or may not unlock something in the game. Ah, oh, you are fucking genius. <laughs> I know. So, <sighs> what have you put in your ears? Ah, what have I put in my ears? That's the question. As I scr- uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> there I we go. Some, scroll to the point. I, I put some music in my ears this yeah. week. Um, I listened to this last week. But I forgot to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it this week. Uh, it's a track called "We're All Gonna Die" by Baby Fuzz. Um, clearly a very recently released track, as it references COVID early on. Um. The whole point of the track is it's a very upbeat, fast, positive-sounding track that's very lyrically contrasted about being a rapid-fire list of possible ways that you could die. A little dance break in the middle gets a bit punk rock at the end. It very much has that energy of, we're all gonna die someday for some reason, let's just kind of not worry about it and party until then. It's, It's one of those like, hey, look, there's a billion reasons you could die, stop stressing about it, enjoy life while you got it. Exactly. Um... Yeah, good, good bouncy track. Uh, I very much enjoyed a track called Brave as a Noun by AJJ. Uh, sort of folk rock guitar with a clapping-based percussion track. Um, a beat tempo, all about getting stuck thinking about all the things that you could be doing. 
but you're not doing because you're a bit depressed and anxious and timid and nervous that you're going to fuck up. But it's fine. You'll you'll get out and do it eventually, right? It, it probably. You'll probably get out and do that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the only problem I had with this track is I listened to it as an isolated track. It just sort of got recommended to me on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the ending of it cuts incredibly abruptly. Oh, um, is it part of the concept? It's then? clearly meant to flow... Here's the thing. It's clearly meant to flow into the next track, but they didn't, like... They didn't wait until like the end of a of a of a bar of music to cut Ooh. it. Like they cut it at a really awkward point. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure if you listen to it as a full album, you wouldn't notice. But as an individual track, it it feels like there should be a, like another note or two before it cuts, which is a bit odd. So you're gonna go in and try and listen to the rest of the album at some point? <sighs> Maybe I I might do it. As an individual track, I liked it. I just had to brace for the ending. The first time it ended, I thought I'd accidentally clicked next without meaning to. I was like, no, no, that, that was just the end. Yep, that's how it do. Uh, and I listened to a track called Impress Your Creators by Tub Ring. It's got a sort of... Not necessarily Scar, but it's got this sort of brass elements mm-hmm. from something like Scar. Um, very upbeat, slightly mysterious, lots of like dramatic... Um, cutting off the brass instrument very quickly in that way that Scar sometimes does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a track about aliens landing on Earth and going, hey, we- we're gods, we-, we created you, humanity, and you've got one chance to impress us. Uh, Show me what you got. You've got it. We're going to give you a decade to fix your act, otherwise we're going to destroy your planet. So you've got a, you've got a decade to like sort your shit out, humanity. Um, and humanity tries to pull together to survive. How sweet. Wait, the songs become a metal track, and they work together to build weaponry to fight off the aliens. Because we're not going to let those aliens fucking. It's it's like the the ending note of the track is essentially, oh, humanity did achieve uh did achieve world peace, but they did so by going, hey, you threatened to blow up our entire planet if we didn't meet your exacting standards. So fuck you. We built we <laughs> we built some weapons. Fuck off. Let's kill God because that's what humanity's let's, good at. Let's kill God. But in the process, learn to love other humans, I guess. It's yeah. I don't know that I necessarily agree with its message. But it doesn't strike me as a long-term solution for it, humanity. It is problems. not a long-term solution. It, it is the, like, ah, humanity has a bigger enemy, so we temporarily everything's fine. Um, I very much enjoyed, like, the narrative way it told its story and the sort of delivery with which it did its twist. I thought it was a good piece of storytelling. Mm. Uh, that's, I think, everything I've listened to this week. What about you? I listened to a very short teaser for an album that comes out <gasps> tomorrow. Oh, and will be out by the time people are listening to this episode. There's a new Mouth album. Yeah, new, there's a new, new, new Cicerega album. album. Ah! 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 This is the person that does many... Mashing up of things, songs as done mostly in the past. Smash mouth. Yeah, mostly Smash Mouth. So we've had mouth moods, mouth words, mouth silence, and now mouth dreams. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I, I don't know which one it is, but I whenever I think of Neil Cesaregia, I think of that album where if you play the whole album very fast, um, I think Smash Mouth Silence. Smash Mouth is just playing very quietly in the background, very slow and very quiet in the background, and you can the whole album is Smash Mouth played through once. Yeah, I think that's Mouth Silence, because Mouth Silence is the only one that doesn't have, like, lots of, of um, uh, all-star mashups in it. Yes. 
but actually it's littered with the, references. Yes. That, I think there's also the one with the um, David Bowie number station bit. Yes. Which is like a, a reference to like using some kind of cipher to work out the words... Um, like Smash Mouth or All yeah, Star or something. There's like. a bunch of hidden Smash Mouths in that album. Tons of them. Yeah, so I'm ready for whatever whatever he's got this time. I'm so ready. Uh, Thank you, Austin Yorsky, for hooking me up with some Neil Cicerecki. Yeah. Uh, what else do I listen to? That is a good question that I thought I had an answer to, but I have already forgotten. I listen to loads of Dicebreaker. That's that's that that board game podcast. That's that board game podcast. Um yeah, it's it's I like Johnny Chiodini. Yeah. He seems like a lovely chap. Seems like a lovely lad. Um uh, uh I think it's Alex Meehan in in that show as well who is seemingly obsessed as obsessed with Scythe as I am <laughs> but is able to play it. So yeah. But it's like pretty much if I'm listening to it backwards as I often do with podcasts. Like yeah. And it's like, oh, it's time for the weekly scythe check-in. <laughs> How much scythe have you played this week? Did you win? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I would play that much scythe as well. Yeah. It's like, she got so into it that, like, friends bought her a copy. <laughs> like, now you have a physical copy. Okay. And it's got a solo mode. Go away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's just a, f- a fun thing about people talking about what board games they played. Yeah. And what board games are coming up. And, you know being in the position where people send you board games to review. Yeah. Speaking of board game reviews, I re- I've, I've written a bunch of those recently. Yeah. Check this out on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Yeah. We had that once. We got sent a board game once. We did. We got sent Book It, which yeah. we didn't review. No, but we talked about it on here. We did. Yeah. So it got kind of a review. We we, we did discussion of it. We've, we've also only played it once, despite my suggestion, yeah. multiple times. We, we should play it this weekend. <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> I'm very up for trying to play it again this weekend. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, only other thing I listen to is because it keeps popping up in my YouTube recommends. I've not listened to Richard Cheese in a while. Richard Cheese? Remember Richard Cheese did the version of Down with the Sickness um, in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Okay, yeah. Um, which was it's, it's Richard Cheese and the Lounge, Lounge Against the Machine. Yeah. It's lounge songs of various pop hits, and this was Wet Ass Pussy, <laughs> done in the Richard Chee style. Um, uh, it's, it's, I mean, there's not much, it's not a very long song. No, no. WAP is not a long song. No, it is not. So it didn't take very long to get through it all, and you can only do so much in a jazz lounge style It's alright. <laughs> it was funny in the, hi, it was that thing I remember from the early 2000s kind of way. Yeah. Yes. There is that if you fancy a bit of bit of lounge wab. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you? Have you got anything else? No, that's everything I've listened to this well, week. <gasps> Time for this. Hey, hey, mate, yeah. mate. I heard, I heard this well. I heard this well good tune this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well good. It's well good. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a bit underground, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's called Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Little Star. Yeah, it's a banging tune, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how's it go? Oh, it goes Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. How I wonder what you are up above the world, so I, like a diamond in the sky. Yeah, I could listen to yeah. that in the crib. Exactly, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. How I wonder what you are. Yeah. What, what you been listening to in the crib? My my mum got me a, a a plastic piano, and when you press the big button on it, it plays there with three in the bed. 
Ah, oh, and the little one said, "Roll over." Oh, that's that is all well good shit. Ah, oh, banging tunes. I get, it goes, it goes around my head. I get stuck in there. Oh, I just fall asleep the second it comes on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially when the little stuffy things. Oh, when the things floating around the Oh, that's well just good, like, isn't yeah, it? I'm just, uh, just out. Oh goodness, yeah. Yeah. Music's well good. Yeah. <sighs> Nappy time. <sighs> right. Thank you, everyone, for showing up to our protest today. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to see everyone holding their breath properly. Uh, mm-hmm. Welcome to our anti-breathing protest. Mm. Uh, people keep telling us you need to breathe if you want to stay alive. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me what to do, science. Mm-hmm. Science tells me I need to drink water to survive. Mm-hmm. When have I ever listened to a scientist? Mm-hmm. Anti-water. Mm-hmm. Forget, forget the science. The science is I'm not breathing right now. <gasps> See, I stopped breathing for a second there, and I lived. Therefore, stopping breathing isn't fatal. It's all fake science. I'm, mm. A couple of people in the back do appear to have fallen over. I am sure that that is just because they are so excited about our anti-breathing protest. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I saw you breathing. I heard it. I heard it. Are you, oh. one, are you one of them breathing truthers? No. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Question time. Stuff questions. Ask the questions. Uh, Arachnaville asks, what is a hobby that you really want to get into that can't ever find the time for? Oh, too many. Playing the ocarina? I mean, playing an instrument more generally. Just like, playing guitar. I'd love to play guitar. We've got a guitar. Yeah, I just don't have the time or the coordination. <laughs> See, that's why I stopped playing guitar. I got as far as F and went, I guess I'm never going to play guitar then. <laughs> well, see, maybe I could get over that hurdle if I had the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a tough one. I have been learning piano recently. Yeah. Cause it's good because I can play it with headphones because it's an electronic keyboard. Yeah. Um, the fact that it was a keyboard that just plugs into a door rather than a, hey, this is a freestanding keyboard keyboard meant that it could have nice features on it without costing literally everything forever yeah although i have been looking at those um like contact complete keyboards just yeah when you say plugging into a door you mean a digital audio workstation i do in fact and not a thing that you close to shut a room that is correct thank you for clarifying <laughs> clarificating <laughs> clarificating yes because <laughs> a convenient thing with a keyboard of any type is you can plug headphones in and you yeah. won't disturb anyone playing the ocarina <laughs> Like, and I would want to play that quietly at home, but there's problems with that. We live next to people who have a newborn. Yes. And if we can hear it crying through the wall, they could probably hear me playing Tetris on repeat for an hour. Yeah. See, I would like to get back to drumming and get a, a uh, you know, a electronic drum kit at some point. It, an electronic drum kit is not as quiet as a, a keyboard it's headphones. not. There's still like the slapping yeah, sounds. It'd but, still like, be a daytime a daytime activity, but yeah, <laughs> I think if you played in here, you'd probably be alright because like yeah. at least there's a door separating you from our one adjoining wall. Yeah, at some point I might do music again. I want to hear you play drums. Gallery <laughs> asks, "What is your experience with chronic pain, if any? Be it joint, back, neck, migraines, etc." Do you have anything that you do when you go through a lot of pain that helps take the edge off? 
<sighs> Me who hasn't stopped rubbing her knee since we sat down. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to take this first? Um, I've I've had lots. Like ever since I was a, a little kid, I've had problems with my ears, which meant that I was regularly going weeks at a time with, like, quite major yeah. ear infections. I I used to be the same. I used to be a chronic ear infection person. I still have it today. I've just got better at dealing with the pain. Yeah. Um, like as I've got. Because I had meningitis when I was 23, ate most of my joints. Yeah. Which means that I feel a lot worse as soon as there is damp in the air, especially yeah. if there is cold with it. I, I'm lucky I only have the one knee that, that gets bad in the cold uh, from a motorcycle injury. Oh, I've got that too, but the other one's like yeah. all, all just I know, joints. I know. Um, <laughs> like back, shoulders, neck. Most of the time, most of my upper body hurts. It's only in winter that everything else hurts. Uh, lower back issues. I had sciatica. Yeah. I, I, because I was like barely employed at the time, I had to like get myself up on some crutches and try and move around because if I couldn't get to work, even if I just leant against a desk all day yeah. to show that I was there, like I couldn't afford to take time off work. So there was me like... I can barely move. Everything is absolutely agony. And if I stand or sit or lie down for too long, I'm just going to end up in tears. Yeah. Because I can't cope with it. Um, I've just got quite good at bearing pain. Yeah. Um, there was a period of time when I used to rely quite heavily on marijuana. <laughs> it's it's not a solution. No. Um, no. It, it, it certainly has some pain-killing properties, but the fact that you have to smoke anything is, is really bad for other things. I mean, if you happen to live somewhere it's legal and you can get things that don't involve you smoking it, yeah, that's quite a good way. Like, I know I have people that I care about deeply who are long-term cancer sufferers. Yeah. Who, are, like, struggle with the nausea and, like, the inability to eat and just general pain from, from dealing with all of that. That, you know, they, they smoke a bit of weed. Yeah. And it helps them survive. Yeah, and that is like that has to be the long term solution for them because basically nothing else works. Yeah, um, we are in the UK, so it's unfortunate that's not really an option. No, um, the 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 only thing that I have that is like on the horizon and is only going to be more of a thing over time. I'm having to be aware of is I'm starting to get carpal tunnel uh, stuff going on on my right uh, on my right hand side. The perils of working at a computer desk eternally and lots of exercise lots and of, a wrist rest. Yeah, it's it's just a case of lots of I have lots of exercises that I do with my wrist and I'm doing my best to prevent it getting worse. Um, like I'm aware that at some point that's probably going to be a source of some chronic pain, and I know that there's not. You much... need a desk assessment. Yes, I do, but that requires time and money and. Uh, for now I will do I will do stretches of, of hand and just hope that that keeps it not getting worse so hooray Yay. that's all the questions well then time for this do you know what I want to see more of what do you want to see more of social justice warriors social justice warriors yeah. All right, Harry. All right, Harry. How are you doing? I'm not. Uh, you know. Um, I'll do. I'll do. Hey, how are you, mate? About the same. About the same. Yeah. You know, getting by. Yeah, getting by. 
Well, uh-huh. I mean, we just had by visibility day, so I suppose that is appropriate. <laughs> getting getting by. Hey. Oh, I had a, a right annoying thing this week, though. Mind, yeah. if I, mind if I vent a little? Do, do, always, mate. Oh, I was... Oh, I'm I, here to listen I, to you. I, I spent a little bit of time this week. I had a bit of a moan about uh, one of them video game publishers that's... Uh, does some very bad, not particularly ethical things, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, electronic app to softworks. Oh, those yeah, bastards! Those bastards! Right, I was having a bit of a complaint, and yeah. uh, you know, so uh, having a conversation with some people on on the social media, yeah. and someone's tweet was like, you know, sent through an iPhone, and someone very cleverly pointed back, oh, oh, sent from an iPhone. Oh, you're critiquing capitalism while. Using a device made in under capitalism. Oh, yeah. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. We do, however, have to survive. Exactly. It is it is a thing that shows up sometimes. Like uh, you know, I've got a friend who uh, you know is quite critical of capitalism, but makes uh, makes a living through uh, through internet donations or one of them like Patreon type things. And well, is that not a form of socialism? Well, that's what I think. But you'll get people sometimes going. Oh, you're using a website that is a capitalist business to earn money to get money to survive. When you don't like capitalism, why 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 do you have money if you don't like capitalism? Because until we can completely destroy capitalism, we can't really do anything else. Exactly. Until we live in a world that say has universal basic income and guaranteed healthcare for all pre-existing conditions and proper disability and housing accommodations. Until we reach that baseline. There isn't really a choice but engage in capitalism or die. I mean, pretty much. And, you know, it's... People who try and live off-grid very often find themselves, you know, having to find some way of of dealing with the rest of society. And usually that does end up in some form of capital exchange. Exactly. Like, we we live in a country where... If you wanted to live off the grid, I would at the very least have to purchase some land from someone. I would have to purchase some land. I would probably still have to engage in like local council issues with well, regards to perf- uh, building per- permits and things like that. Yeah, we also like with regards to like use of of refuse facilities. Yeah, paying taxes to the point that you know you are helping with uh, local infrastructure with regards to the you know hospitals and ambulances yeah. and stuff. Because as off grid as you want to live, you can. Have have an accident. Yeah. You, you you are gonna have to engage at some point in order to be able to use things like hospitals. Well, you're gonna have to have the money to pay the taxes to support the, the hospitals that you can yeah. continue to use. Exactly. And that's the thing. It we are in a world where there is not really an alternative to dealing with capitalism, and usually when people go but you're doing capitalism while criticizing capitalism, that's usually just a uh, a straw man argument to avoid like yeah, no, I recognise that, you know, may- maybe the iPhone I'm using to tweet about this bad capitalist company was probably made under bad working conditions, as are all smartphones, depressingly, and, you know, it-, it is fair to point that out, but it's usually used as a, haha, therefore your critiques of capitalism are wrong. Therefore, let's stop talking about it. It's like, no, we can talk about both. Do you want to talk about both? We'll talk about both. I, I agree. Let's deal with all of these things simultaneously, because that's probably the only way we're actually going to get rid of capitalism by destroying the whole thing all at you once. You can't take apart capitalism piecemeal. It is too... No. And you'll never be able to legislate it out either. Yeah. Ugh. Which, oh yeah, I was about to say it's very to it. <laughs> it, it. Oh. Oh, can't believe it's been nearly a year, mate. Goodness, it's uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it really is. Oh. Well, it's going to be a big one. 
It's going to be such a big hug. A big hug. Oh. All right, all right. Well, I think I'm going to have myself a nice cup of herbal tea. That sounds lovely. Yeah, I should yeah. put the kettle on. Put the kettle on. Yeah. So, Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, I stream on Twitch Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Probably going to be streaming a bunch of Hades for the foreseeable future. Um, every Friday on YouTube I upload episodes of Accessibility, which is a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry, and you should totally be watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I publish ends up on laurakbuzz.com, be it written articles, freelance features, videos, podcasts, etc., uh, I've got books. Uncomfortable Labels. It's out now. It's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum and how they all interlink. It's out now, or it's a it's an audio book at laurakbuzzstore.com if you prefer it that way. Um, there's also Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is an illustrated, silly and serious coffee table book of video game character butt reviews that is releasing on February 4th, 2021. And there is Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of non-cis people's gender-affirming, positive, lovely stories. And that's going to be coming out June 2021, in time for Pride Month. Uh, year for two books. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a busy year. Also, at some point the week that we record this, I'm getting my, my copy of But Is It Art, which is a book I wrote a foreword for. Uh, I've not seen the rest of the book, but I know my words are at the front of it. Oh, heck. Like, mine are like the first words you read in the book. And you've seen a couple of the butts from it. I've seen some of the butts from it. Um, other than that, there's podcasts. Pixel Square. It's about video game character pornography. There is uh, Podquisition, where we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Just had episode 300 with some special guests. Some good special guests. I listened to that today. Yeah! I finally listened to that. Thanks, Podguru, for fucking that one up. <laughs> uh, there's also Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and 7. And I'm on another podcast with you that isn't this one. You mean Polyamory? Yes, tell the us about The 5th edition that. real play podcast where basically we uh, have questionable morals. Yes. And weird shit happens. The very same. Yeah. We have just recorded episode 29, and I think so far there are 11 episodes up. Last episode went up last week. People have said nice things about it. I am glad people are enjoying our ridiculous adventures, (laughs) which only get worse as the series goes on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm I'm very ready to be getting more of that out, and and I'm so glad I got to continue telling that story. Yeah. I have written things over at stonemonkeyradio.blog. I've been doing lots of stuff about board games recently because we have board games and apparently they're a thing that are limited enough that I can write about them. Yeah. As opposed to video games where I might have to play for eight hours (laughs) to even begin to understand or go, well, I got to the end of it, so now I'm allowed to write a review. (laughs) It's like, with board games, I can go, I've played through it three or four times. I understand it. I can write a review. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been a lot more of those recently. I've got a couple of opinion pieces, because apparently I have an opinion. (gasps) Woman on the internet with opinion. (laughs) Check out my writey things. Uh, I also have Patreon, that's stonedmonkeyradio.blog. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 70-hour work week. 
Alternatively, you could get donate up to ten pounds, uh, um, ten dollars a month, and you get early access to Grim and Pleasant Strangers. It usually goes up on a Wednesday night or a Thursday morning. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I think that's most uh, of my yeah. things. I make t-shirts as well. All of my links can be found at streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Oh, I'm releasing this out, my darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.